Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Patrick Wright. Hey team, Pat here. I was unfortunately not able to make the post-game podcast with Rajan earlier this week. Uh, so if you haven't listened to that, please go do uh, and give us a click. But the idea of today's podcast, uh, at least as of 24 hours ago, was to talk a little bit about the state of the team, five games in, talk a little bit about the upcoming game against the Char- uh, Chiefs, and just generally give my thoughts on Ron and where we stood as a team. And, you know, kind of give a – we're about a third of the way through the season and kind of give a poll and, and gut check of, of my feelings towards the team and where we're going and trending and things of that nature. Uh, but then I woke up this morning – uh, to a flurry of texts from friends, family, all the above, uh, which, as someone who lives on the West Coast, anytime I look at my phone and see a big number next to uh, the the text message or iMessage, uh, you know, logo, whatever it's called, app, uh, is always kind of a sinking feeling because it's almost always, 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 always about the Washington Redskins or the football team. Um. Obviously, East Coast gets news before me, so it gets sent along. Uh, but it's, you know, I, I tweeted out from the Halo District podcast this morning. It's uh, it's like Groundhog Day. Um, I believe, uh, Smalley, that came from you. It's so true, so accurate. Um, the Sean Taylor news. So for those of you who live under a rock or don't look at Twitter or the one person maybe that listens to this podcast that's not on Twitter, uh, the Washington football team is retiring Sean Taylor's number. Long overdue uh, this Sunday against the Chiefs. Uh, which on paper sounds great until you get into the nitty-gritty details. <clears throat> um, I'm not going to get too much into it, the, the details. Um, you know, we apparently just emailed the season ticket holders, uh, letting them know that the <clears throat> ceremony was happening. We announced Bobby Mitchell's uh, uh, number was being retired last June. Uh, and moments before they announced that Sean Taylor's jersey was being retired this uh, this weekend, they announced that in 2023, Coldplay was coming to FedEx Field. So they basically gave the fan base uh, three days of warning that they're going to retire. You know, and a lot of Redskins fans, the greatest player we've ever seen um, in their lifetime, uh, gave us three days to, to process that. Now, obviously, it's a PR nightmare. Uh, people are pissed about it as they should be but it kind of it brought me back to just the simple fact of being a Washington Redskin football team fan um, I'm a new dad uh, my son is, is almost six months old he's actually six months tomorrow and one of the things that I that I cherish from my childhood is my time watching the Redskins with my dad it was kind of religion in our family 1 p.m. you know Fox NFL Sunday uh, you go outside in the morning, you do your hard work, you come running inside to watch the Fox pregame show with Terry Howie, uh, at the time JB, and uh, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, and then, you know, 1 p.m. kickoff, you sit down with, with your dad uh, and, and you watch the game. And some of my best earliest memories come from, come from scenarios just like that. I can vividly remember uh, we played the 49ers on a Monday night. Uh, and Leslie Shepard dove for the pylon to give the Skins a seven nothing lead, and what probably ended up in a you know total beatdown. But it gave us an early lead, and, and I, I remember that game very distinctly because uh, my brother was home from college, and I was able to sit down. And you know, there was I always looked when my brother was coming home because I just wanted to watch the football game with him. I, I idolized my brother; I still do. 
And I really hold that game, even though we lost, but that doesn't matter. I hold that game like kind of on a pedestal because I remember that drive so distinctly because I had, I had just done my flashcards uh, for vocab with my brother, who was probably 19 or 20 at the time. Uh, and then I was allowed to stay up for the first half of the game uh, with my brother and dad, you know, to watch the Redskins. So there's there's stories like that for all of us, right? There's there's ways that we're born into fandom. There's ways that these uh, we fall in love with these teams in manners that you know don't seem rational. It's what you know, fan is short for fanatic, right? And I bring all this up because I look at my son who's six months, and all I want to do is for him to be a football team fan. That's all I want. Um, I mean, obviously, I want him to grow up and, and make his own choices and have a very, you know, successful and re- rewarding life. But I want to be able to replicate a lot of those feelings, those uh, memories with him that I have with my dad, with my brother, etc. And then news like the Sean Taylor thing drops. Uh, and it seems so small on the surface, but when you start unpacking layers, you, you'll know why I'm, I'm not going to raise my kid to be a Skins fan. Uh, and if he wants to be great, sure, it's awesome. Uh, you know, I will certainly love it, but it's certainly not something I'm going to push. Um, that's how the news this morning made me feel. It's just another layer of, God damn it, this team doesn't give me anything to root for. Um, so let's unpack what, what I'm talking about. Obviously, with the investigation into uh, the sexual harassment, I think 40 women came forward. We, we've talked about it at length. Everyone's talked about it. And there's no report. There's a 275 written report about deflated footballs, yet zero words written about uh, the sexual harassment investigation by uh, Beth Wilkinson into uh, the Washington football team. And there's a couple things I want to start with there because for some reason it seems to get overlooked. Uh, and oftentimes I think the crux of the problem is that the very beginning and people just miss, miss it uh, when talking about it. This investigation, after it came forward from the Washington Post, uh, was actually started by Dan Snyder. Very important fact. Dan Snyder handpicked Beth Wilkinson to do this workplace investigation. And obviously, you got a lot of uproar. Some, I'm going to leave unknown names out there. Some said this is you know legitimate, she's legitimate, yada, yada, yada. And I kept saying, who gives a shit how legitimate it is? Dan Snyder is the one paying the bill, so nothing's going to come out of it. Um, and I think the NFL realized that and, and wanted to, to step in. So they took over the investigation to provide, quote-unquote, transparency. Um, which is hilarious because what is Goodell's one job? His one job is to protect the owners at all costs. More importantly, the NFL desperately needs the Washington football team to be a profitable franchise. So again, <clears throat> you have an owner who gets the handpick who runs the investigation, and then you get uh, a... Uh, what's the, you get Goodell to come in and, and take over the investigation to provide transparency, but all he wants to do is protect not only Snyder and the NFL, the shield, if you will, but himself. You know he's in those emails. Everyone in the world knows he's in those emails. So he's trying to protect those at all, all costs. Obviously, there's a lot of uproar. Um, the Redskins come in. They hire Ron Rivera to come in and clean, clean everything up. They hire Jason Wright, who, who will openly tell you he worked for McKinsey. I'm really tired of hearing how he worked with stakeholders at some of the world's largest corporations. Guess what, dude? I don't give a shit. You know how many people work at McKinsey or Deloitte, uh, you know, BCG, these these big firms? Thousands upon thousands. Uh, just because you have McKinsey on your resume doesn't make you qualified for the job. Now, granted, Jason Wright seemingly has done pretty well. He's uh, one thing for sure. He's much more outspoken than Bruce was. So that's good. So, hey, look, up at this point, we'll call a spade a spade. He's done a good job. Anyway, so this... 
report comes on the post, uh, inv- investigation gets launched, and you send, uh, you kind of try to clean house and you bring in new people. Well, the head of that is still Dan Snyder, and he's still at the head. He's still at the you know tippy top of the organization. So what happens? We have this miraculous seven and nine season where we have this young budding star in Chase Young. Uh, we have a you know an amazing story around Alex Smith and his return. Lots of good PR. Things seem to be settling down, uh, and frankly, the investigation and the re- report or lack thereof gets swept a little bit under the rug uh, because of a lot of the good faith that Rivera has built um, accordingly. That leads us to you know a little more in today's times. So flash forward a year. The skins are now two and three. Uh, we don't look particularly good. We're going to get absolutely train wrecked by the Chiefs. Uh, by the way, that line's minus six and a half to the Chiefs. Uh, go hammer that line. It is the easiest money you'll ever make. 401k, the whole thing. Put your kids 529 thing on it. Just do it all. Hammer that line. Um, but then the Gruden emails obviously come out. And I think it's interesting because, one, like it seems extremely random that these Gruden emails came out to begin with. But obviously the NFL wanted him out for some whatever reason, so they leaked some details to the Washington, or the, to the Wall Street Journal. Joe runs, runs with him. He uses, some, he uses some racial slurs, ultimately brushed on the rug. A couple days later, the NFL, not thrilled with how the Raiders were approaching this, uh, leaked more emails to the New York Times, and those emails obviously are now kind of like the story in the NFL. Gruden resigns basically immediately, uh, and uh, slowly but surely the uproar into the investigation comes back because the emails obviously stem from the investigation into the Washington football team to begin with. Again, no written report. We have no idea what happened. And yet, the NFL is sitting on a trove of 650,000 emails, can now leak information whenever they feel like to go after anybody they want. Any owner that wants to scapegoat someone has an email probably in there that they can do it. So all this is coming out, and, you know, once again, being a Skins fan is, is damn near impossible. And then this morning you wake up to find out, while this team is in the midst of a PR nightmare, that they're taking the one player we all hold sacred as a PR stunt and retiring his number this weekend. And frankly, it, it, it broke me. And, like, let's, let's be honest. Sunday morning, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to text my, my, some of my closest friends in the Booze Hogs, Chester, Alex, Smalley, even Eric, if you're listening. I love those guys. Our, our relationship is born from this idea of the Redskins. We used to go to games together. We, we text nonstop about it. But that, that text thread means everything to me. Now it's, it's, you know, we talk about the Caps. We talk about the Nats. We talk about even the Wizards. Um, we talk about life. We talk about where we are in each other's lives. Um, you know, we don't get to live in the same city. But the idea of this friendship is born from the Redskins. So Sunday morning, I'll wake up. I'll text them. I will put my Sean Taylor jersey on, and I will watch that game, hoping, praying, Chase Young, Curtis, and Havoc to win. And you know what? Shame on me. And shame on all of us. Because there's so many great people out there that deserve this team to be good, deserve transparency from this team. We deserve to not be openly laughed at. Um, I think of the Josh Taylors of the world. He's probably a decade younger than me. I've never met him. The guy makes incredible content, puts it on Twitter all the time. I think of Big Doug. His show, his podcast, Skins fans, if you don't want to go listen to it, he's, he's, he's great. Never met these guys. Um, and yet here we are, and I, and I know how much this team means to them because I can see it and I can relate to it. Uh, but at the same time, like the guy that owns 100% of this team 
just laughs in her face. And, and it's bullshit, too, because we own the team, not him. You know, it's kind of like I think about, like, the EPL teams in, in Europe and how those small little tiny communities and how much those teams mean to those communities. A lot of that is echoed here within us, within our team. And yet our owner sits there behind his fucking stupid ass, um, you know, walls that he puts up, never shows his face, sits behind his, he's such a coward now, he's giving 100, he's taken 100% of the team and, and tr- transferred a lot of it over to Tanya as another PR stunt. Let's call it spade a spade here. That is not uh, anything more than him just keeping control within the family of the team. And this dude just laughs at us. It is remarkable and, and remarkably difficult, I might add, for a fan base to unite around one singular thing. Hell, even the damn Patriots couldn't couldn't unite over, you know, was it Belichick who won the Super Bowls or was it Brady? You know, they bake about that. Point is, is getting an entire fan base to agree on one thing is very difficult. Two things is basically impossible. The one thing, there's one thing now, but there's really two things in general that as Washington fans, we can all adamantly agree upon, except for a few of you here that obviously aren't putting this blame on Snyder. You should. He's the head of the rot. Our whole fan base is rotten. There is no fan base. Let's put it that way. There's a few of us that are in the trenches fighting like it's World War One, and we're, you know, my brother texted me. He's, he, he's scared of a lot of bangs now because of how traumatized he is as a Redskins fan. But one of the things we all mostly agree on is Dan Snyder is got to go. I actually am now getting to that point where I think even if Snyder leaves, we're doomed. I think they just need to sell the team and bring an expansion team in and just start fresh. Uh, because I think we're, we're a sinking ship, if, if not already totally sunken. The rot within the organization all comes from Dan. Until we cut the head of the snake off, it's going to continue to rot. I don't care if Jason Wright's in charge, Ron Rivera's in charge, Joe Gibbs is in charge. I don't care if fucking Jesus himself is in charge. As long as Dan is at the top of that food chain, we are a rotten, rotten team with a rotten fan base, with a rotten fucking product and a rotten fucking organization. So that's one thing we agree upon. <coughs> Excuse me. The second part to this is Sean Taylor. What this whole podcast ended up being just a rant around, I feel like I'm Rajan right now. I, I, my disdain for the organization right now is at an all-time high, and that says, that says a lot. But Sean Taylor is a beloved member of the Washington football team organization, lore, whatever you want to call it. For a lot of Redskins fans, he's probably the single greatest Redskins player they ever got to, to watch. Um, for a lot of Redskins fans, he is kind of their idol. He's what they Every time they talk about why the Redskins fans, they'll, they'll mention Sean Taylor. Look across the NFL. Um, you know, we've seen it around Landon Collins and Hog, Clinton Dix. You look at Cam Chancellor. You look at all these safeties in the NFL. They all want to wear number 21, and they all say Sean Taylor was their hero. My point being is Sean was untouchable. He was the one thing that, like, no matter what, we couldn't mess up because he was untouchable. And now, amidst more chaos, uh, facing down the barrel of 40 40 women um, who keep bringing up the investigation, I hope they continue to, to do it, and I will continue to push every narrative possible on Twitter so the media knows. Facing criticism that is just at a feverish pitch, the Redskins roll out that they're going to retire Sean Taylor's number and hide behind number 21. And it's not, it's, it's honestly, to me, it's unforgivable. Uh, we sit here, we give money to the team, we give money to the NFL. We banter, it's created life, 
lifelong friendships. It's created memories. And our dipshit five foot two owner hides behind the one thing he knows will unite the fan base. And I'm over. And I know the shame, I mentioned it earlier, that it's, you know, shame on me for the one bazillionth time as I will sit down Sunday morning with my Sean Taylor jersey on and I will watch that game because I can't quit them. But guess what, Dan? The rest of the fan base did quit and it's because of you. Um, I know no one will listen to this. I know that nothing will move the needle. Um, for those of you who think not going to games will move the needle, it won't. Dan's still gonna. Dan doesn't have to lift a finger and he'll he'll make a profit just because of TV revenue and sponsorship deals and stuff like that. But here we are again, not even five weeks into the season, or I guess six weeks into the season, and we're just bickering and bitching about our owner again because that's who we are. We're the worst fan base in sports, and there's only a handful of us left. And I don't think any of us will ever leave the team, even though we'll threaten to. But it's sad. It sucks. And I keep coming back to the fact that I look at my son and I don't want him to be a Redskins fan, and it breaks my heart. Uh, It's fucking stupid. It really is. Just this whole team. And I should have said this earlier, but I think the part that uh, is infuriating me a little more every time I think about it, and I I just thought about it, that's why I'm bringing it up, is... With all these emails coming out and all this uh, uproar around, you know, Gruden and, oh, we want the written reporter on the investigation and yada, yada, yada. It wasn't until yesterday that 10 of the 40 women, um, I think Hayes put this out, 10 of the 40 women are now going to the sponsors and saying, stop sponsoring these games and take a little cut out of the NFL and Washington football team. Uh, It's the same way the Redskins change the Washington football team is because FedEx said change the name or else we're out. You touch that pocketbook, things change. Things, you know, Dan all of a sudden's like, oh hell, here we go. But yesterday 10 women said openly to, you know, sponsors, stop sponsoring them. You know, if you sponsor them, then then you're pro sexual allegations, etc. And then the next day the skins are putting out that we're gonna retire Sean Taylor's jersey. Like, talk about a coward move. They're so terrified of, the, of losing money, they're doing everything they can to get people to come to stands and buy gear and, and merchandise and etc. And it's just it's stupid. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, there's plenty more in my mind. Uh, I just I'm gonna beat a dead horse. Uh, you know, I think uh, Kane. I think you said I'm I'm fired up right now. I want I want everyone gone from Dan to Julie to Jason to Ron. And honestly, I agree with you, but. The only person that really matters is is Dan. Uh, we'll always, always come back to him. And for those of you out there creating content for the Redskins and, and doing all this great work, please continue to do it. Uh, you know, we, we need the distraction, frankly. But uh, this fan base is dead. It is not, Dan is not losing the fan base. The fan base is dead. Uh, and as long as Dan is there, it won't be revived. Winning won't cure this. Maybe it'll bring bring a few people back to the organization, but um, frankly, there's not enough Redskins fans to fill a stadium anymore because of Dan, because of mockeries like Sean Taylor's jersey retirement, because of the workforce allegations, um, you know, because he sells skunk beer at the game. You can't even apparently you can't even get uh, food at the game anymore because sewage pipes explode during week one. Uh, the list is so long, you can't even 
keep it straight because he pays off people for hush money. So that's my rant. Uh, I'll continue to do these post-game podcasts. I'll continue to believe the team. Uh, I'll continue to believe in the players in the field. Let's put it that way. Uh, I will continue to push the Heineke narrative because I like to because he's from ODU. I know he's not the future, but you know I still generally like the guy. Uh, and uh, hopefully someday we'll we'll kind of laugh at this, but we won't because Dan Snyder's like 55. So he's here forever unless we force him out. Um, so to Roger Goodell, I say go fuck yourself. Uh, to Dan Snyder, uh, you know, ditto. Thanks for listening to me. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.